Ultimately, it comes down to being able to create a process uh, with growth in mind, obviously, because it, there's always a limit mm. to how many questions you can answer over the phone, right? The whole objective for me was like, how can I multiply myself in a way where I can hold the rep as if I was there mm. with hold my hand, hand and, yeah. and, and just hold their hand every step of the way, just like a customer, right? Man, I realized that my conversion to installation, for instance, was so much better when I was constantly communicating with my customer. That was George Garcia talking about the onboarding process that he implements at Legacy Power. Legacy Power is a solar company up in Lehigh, Utah, and George is the director of sales performance for them. So in this episode of The Rep's Journey, Stephen Ryan, the CEO of Conveyor, and myself interviewed George and we asked him why he maps out a journey in the onboarding process for their sales reps. We also asked him to talk about advice that he would give to directors of sales. We asked him to talk about things that he wished he knew when he first started. And if you're a director of sales, he's talking directly to you. So there's a lot of great meat here. But if you're a sales rep and you're looking for promotion, George also has some advice for you. He'll talk to you about ways that you can enhance your skills so that you can grow in this industry. The Reps Journey exists to help sales teams recruit, train, and retain their sales reps. So stick around. George. George is the director of sales performance with Legacy Power in Lehigh, Utah. And George has been with uh, Legacy since 2015. Uh, he's a sales manager. He's he's uh, supervised inside sales uh, teams and he's managed his own district, I think out of Fresno, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 And the first time I met George, I was just really impressed. He obviously has a deep understanding um, of the, the residential solar industry uh, and he knows what it takes to onboard, recruit, train, retain reps. And I was really eager to have George on the podcast because I think that that every CRO, every director of sales, um, every person that's in charge of the rep experience should be thinking about the rep journey or how to onboard reps, how to keep reps the way George is thinking about it. Uh, and so the first thing, the first thing that that jumped out for me, George, uh, when we met was you pulled up this whiteboard, you pulled up this lucid chart uh, of uh, what you what you envision or what you are working on, excuse me, uh, what you're working on for uh, your onboarding journey. And my question for you is, what got you to, to, to the point where you were doing that? What got you to the point where uh, you said, you know what, I really need to th- I don't want to put words in your mouth, but not react to this and be more proactive. Walk me through that journey for your, you know, the journey in your mind where maybe you didn't do that in the past. And now you're, you're thinking about it this way and you're being proactive and you're designing the rep journey like that. Sure. Yeah. So when it comes to the journey, um, I realized that it was a lot more complex than I thought at first. So I, one, I had to just write it down. Right to better understand it and coming from the field being a rep and seeing it from that perspective i started you know realizing the importance of that experience from that perspective right um so i kind of had to play like this interesting role in my mind where i was 
not only the rep, but I was also the company and I was also the trainer and I'm also the communicator and the sales support agent. I'm all these things at once. And so being able to put it on paper and kind of create those uh, complexities a little bit more simple for the representative was really the objective, right, of that vision. And obviously what we've implemented here at Legacy to help streamline that process, obviously. Uh, but everything that's happening in the background, we don't want the rep to know. So yeah. <laughs> we, we, you know, like, and so that's why it's important to know, okay, this triggers that, that triggers the other um, on our end. But then from the rep experience, being able to say, okay, you know, what, what do they need to see? Uh, how, how can we facilitate those trainings? Because 95% of the time we would create content, we would create um, literature, we would create, would have somebody go out there, you know, knock with these guys and get them all pumped and get them all ready. And we don't know anything that's actually being, you know, retained. We don't know the retention of that rep. We don't know what's being consumed. And so like, it's just such a huge disconnect. Right. And so being able to some, being able to somewhat conceptualize that um, and then putting into just paper was super helpful for me. Um, there's a, and I have to say, there's a lot of story. There's a lot of, uh, what's the right word metaphors, right? So there's like a lot of metaphors around, um, theater and around making a movie. If you think about a whiteboarding, right? Whiteboarding every stage of, of a presentation or a film for a rep. And then the idea that what the rep sees, you know, in terms of the film or the theater, it's way more dialed in than all the complexity, you know, behind, behind the curtain, right. All of the scaffolding and all of the stage hands and all the people running around, moving props around and, you know, things like that. We don't want the rep to see those things. Um, but they do need to be organized so that they're in the right. Like I always think about sequencing. So if you were in the back backstage, having the right, if you were doing a, a play for, for example, and you have all these props, you got to have the props in the right order. Otherwise mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to get one out in time, you know? And so yeah. I think about that in terms of, of whiteboarding and um, can you get the right sequencing in place? Uh, and that's what helps so much with like the, the lucid chart, the, the whiteboard. So, so keep going. I'm sorry. I just wanted to. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly right. Like it's just, it's the whole objective is to make it as simple as possible. Um, but sometimes we forget from an operation standpoint, how complex some of our processes are and how we think like, oh, these guys are going to just, why are they doing it this way? I don't understand. Why are they not doing it this way? And it's a constant, like, oh my gosh, directed this, this way. And it should have been done this way. And it's, it's ongoing. And sure. We try to nip it in the bud by trying to communicate that and over communicate it through you know, Zoom calls and, and whatnot. But ultimately, it comes down to being able to create a process uh, with growth in mind, obviously, because it, there's always a limit hmm. to how many questions you can answer over the phone, right? There's always a limit to how many Zoom calls you can create. There's always... So what we wanted to do, I thought, oh, like man, a- it, yeah, it's the whole objective for me was like, how can I multiply myself in a way where I can hold the rep as if I was there? Hmm with hold my hand, hand and, yes. and, and just hold their hand every step of the way, just like a customer, right. Doing sales five plus years. I was like, man, I realized that my conversion to installation, for instance, was so much better 
when I was constantly communicating with my customer, when I would go there and give them cookies, when I would go there and explain something new to them, right? Especially in the solar industry, there's so much complexity Mm -hmm. um, that we just want to create this ease of mind, not only from the onboarding perspective for for a rep, but all the way to the first sale. And hopefully all the way to their installation. When you say uh, holding their hand, it's um, it's so true. I mean, in the online space and online uh, course industry where you're you know purchasing courses, it's really mm-hmm. gone from this, hey, we have a course. And we have a lot of content. We threw it all to you and you can't say it wasn't valuable to, oh, we should really try to get some level of transformation for our customer because otherwise yep. they're not going to come back and they're not going to talk about the experience, right? So yeah, and those, those kind of, those bother me so much. It's like, here's the hook. Here's like this thing that we think you should be doing. Right. And, and in sales, you see it all the time. It's like, Hey, come do this thing. Come work for us. Come knock doors, come do this, that, the other. And it's like, but how, <laughs> you know, yeah. but like, yeah. how? Yeah. Yeah. Like the, it's very front loaded. It's a front loaded experience, but then there isn't that holding the hand through, you know, through the process. Mm-hmm. Simplicity for the rep can be complex. It takes a lot of work. One thing I uh, love is I got it's kind of a, a a loaded question, but when you first started that whiteboard, was it at all a, as high fidelity it is now? Like, did it start simple and then get yeah, more high fidelity? Yeah, it was literally like, okay, me, I'm in a box. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> then like sales support or 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 account management or you know what kind of touch points? Then I'm then I go and I say, okay. Am I, I'm the rep. What do I want? Right. And I, I thought back, obviously. What do I want? Life. Yes. What do you want now, as a rep? I what's want? in it for me? Yes, exactly. What's in it for me? What's incentives? And, and in the sales world, uh, it's all about incentives. It's all about what, what is it for me? Right. Mm-hmm. And so being able to put myself in that perspective continuously, right. Um, allowed me to kind of get more complex, but like, oh man, how cool would it be? And then my creative juices started flowing and the juices come as a result of the starting of the work, right? Because, um, I see a lot, they try to go from zero to everything versus mm-hmm. no, no. If you just start laying out some of the, the block, the building blocks, it begets more thought. It begets more, um, you know, more, m- more nuance in terms of the, the journey. Right. Um, That's right. And then, and then you build it and you're like, Holy what? <laughs> yeah. What is this, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you get it all in place. See, because the the complexity. So a lot of companies, as they scale, of course you're gonna you're going to try to simplify departments. So they go the direction of simplifying departments. So they they make HR do the onboarding and they optimize for that, and then they have you know trainers do the the training and they optimize for that. And each one of the departments is optimizing separately but it's actually making a more complex process for the rep. That's right. right? That's right. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's a reverse scale. It's like, it's not actually helping you scale the number of reps that you can recruit, train and onboard and retain. It's mm-hmm. making it so that your departments are more optimized. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Internally yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like when we were talking about different integrations and things like that, well, you know, it has, there's a thick process in terms of who gets what and when, when it gets done and everything. Um, mm-hmm versus putting the rep first, right? And what's in it for me and then designing around that, that constraint. I love that. So uh, you, I asked you a question, what, what do you wish you had known 
um, when you first started out your director of sales performance role? Yeah. Um, one, kind of going back to that department piece, mm -hmm. right? It was like, I have to be the guy. Um, I'm, I'm the center mid. If anybody like plays sports, uh, the center mid for the soccer is the guy who like slows everyone down and hey communicates this to this to this person that person in order to try to score the goal right i i didn't realize how much of that i would be in this like in this role it's like oh man i gotta go talk to uh hr like their onboarding process like is it gonna be completely different than what i'm thinking for my training is mm -hmm. is that aligned and then after that it's like okay go and talk to my national trainer right? The national trainer has to be in line because our communication has to be done. And then all of a sudden I'm talking to data and I'm talking to like uh, the KPI team and I'm looking, I'm looking at um, the engineering, right? Team that builds our applications. And I'm saying, okay, how do we make sure we align and communicate the things that you think are important, but really what the rep think is, thinks is important too, right? And how do we align those two things? And so there's, there's a level of like organization as, as this position has kind of molded um, that I've had to, I wish I knew, right? Yeah. Right from the get-go because I, I would have saved a lot of time. And then another thing was the level of creativity that, it's, that you, you require, right? It's, it's not just, okay, all math, all like, okay, one plus two plus three equals a perfect rep right it's yeah. like okay one plus like seven and a half from this department and point two of this department <laughs> will end up being what we want yeah and, and it's being able to determine what are those things and being creative enough to be able to put those pieces together that that i wish i knew too but um it's been super enjoyable going through the process and the and creativity of of okay what are the constraints i have and how can i work around those um what needs to come first? I, I like your, your playing field um, analogy because you're in a position on the field where you can see a lot going on. Um, that's your job is to have the visual, have the, the, the person that holds the context and the, you're an advocate for the rep, but you're holding the context of all of it in your head, right? Yeah, because they're optimized right. for their role and they're working to do their thing but you're like the advocate that comes around like, actually this has this puzzle piece that you're working on great puzzle piece, but it's got to fit in here in this specific. Exactly. Way. Exactly. Yeah. And, and knowing, and I going back to that chart, it's like knowing that process really getting down to the nitty gritty help facilitate a, a plan of like, Oh, when I have context to go and talk to somebody in a different department, I can show them something too. It's like, mm -hmm. Hey, look, this is the vision, right? So can we align together? Like, how can we get things together so that we're both working very proactively? And Quick question about that. Quick question about mm -hmm. that. That's always a, uh, I mean, in a way you're like a product manager, right? So yeah. in software, it's very much product management, um, except the product is the, you know, perfectly onboarded rep, right? And like, that's, yeah. the, that's, the, the, that's the product. And so how do you get, what are some things that you could tell um, people listening around how to work with other departments where they also have their what's in it for me too. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a trainer might come a trainer or somebody actually putting content together, like an instructional designer is going to have their own preconceived notions around um, what content should look like. Okay. Sure. Um, and I'm not, you know, uh, to be honest, this came up this week. Um, you know, we, 
we are a platform that's helping uh, helping a lot of direct sales companies recruit, train, onboard reps, and we happen to be a great microlearning training platform. Um, but oftentimes, companies in your space will hire uh, instructional designers that come with that used to work in an employee-based environment, uh, and they approach training in a different way than maybe uh, the training that you create for a rep who's independent, can nope out any time, doesn't have to work here if he doesn't want <laughs> to. It's a little different, all right? Sure. So how do you, um, what are some ways that you help them understand how, how this might be different or uh, just, maybe not conventional the way they're used to seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of departments, right. They think that way. They think, Oh, like, why are they not doing this or this or the other? It's like the, the well, one, you guys are literally chopped off from different, like they're, you guys are completely different. Like they're like their own little business and you are a W2 employee, which yeah. is great. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just the way you think is completely different. Right. Um, and so being able to, honestly, it's, it's, it's helpful that I have been in the field and I've yeah. sold, right. Because yeah. I, I'm an advocate because I was there. Mm -hmm. um, I sold for five years. I managed for three of those five and, you know, being able to see from that perspective was really helpful. Um, and so really it's sales. Like I go to these departments and I'm selling them and I, it, it's these soft skills that I've picked up throughout the years and being able to say, okay, here's my proposal, yeah. right? This is what I think. And this is what's going to benefit. This is how it's going to benefit you. Yes. Like this is how easy your job is going to become mm -hmm. because of this, right? And so tactfully in, in, in a sales way, give or take, right? Uh, depending on who you're talking to, realizing what the value that you're going to be bringing to them will be, right? With your vision, with mm -hmm. your with your process, and then selling them on it and, and getting them excited about it. Because I mean, sometimes you have somebody come, you know, who, who's been in the industry for a very long time. They've been in this very small niche of understanding, you know, maybe the, the HR process or the onboarding process and they do not want to. Right. But then what happens is they see a bunch of problems and then they get really mad. And then you're like, great, this is an opportunity for me to be able yes. to push them my product. Or my service or whatever, yeah. right? Going back yeah. to like a product manager mm -hmm. and going and being like, hey, look, this is going to help you here, 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 and here. Like you in, right? And then they're going to yeah. be like, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. And it starts with actually letting them voice their opinions, right? Like, and then aligning. It's just good sales, right? You ask, you, you, you diagnose, you ask questions. Hey, what do you not like about this? You know, and yeah, and, and then align that back with, well, actually, if we do this, you know, otherwise, if you just start out with a, you know what I'm saying? If you just tell them. Uh, yep, without definitely. Like listening and, like, and aligning, anchoring it back to what they care about. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I've seen going back to wishing, you know, I knew a little bit more uh, or what I wish I knew was I wish I knew how impactful that was going into every department. I went and just because of the, the, the way I did things, but, but I realized how, what an impact it would make. It was going into each department, everybody, like even if I had nothing to do with them, be like, Hey, hey like, how's it going? Yada, yada. Yes. What's your problem? Like what, what's like yes. your biggest problem? What are your top three problems? Yes. You know, this is, this is, this is exactly what your role and these roles are like I, uh, different companies, right? Head of HR or, or head of, of learning. Even if you're just a trainer, head of training. Okay. 
you can choose to spend your career just reacting to people telling you to build uh, this training and that training and everything like that. Or you can be super valuable by being the person that understands, you could sit in a room with the CEO and tell them exactly what the problems of every department are and how mm -hmm. you, your group is going to connect and help solve some of those problems through training or through onboarding. Okay. Yeah. Um, he who owns the problem the best, like just like he who's closest to the customer wins. It's like he who's co closest to the departments wins. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the way I think about it. And that's what makes you a leader. If you can be like, I understand the problems. I understand what, what like truth looks like, what done looks like. And, um, I'm going to help them. I'm going to be an advocate for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And obviously it's for the sake of the growth of the company, right? Always. Yeah. Question for you. What's something you've changed uh, either what's something you've added or removed from your onboarding training experience that was either had a terrific or terrible um, uh, result? Yeah. So, um, so our onboarding process at first, I mean, it hadn't changed for a very long time. Right. Yeah. So there has been some things that we've implemented that have been gone a long way. Uh, other like, you know, training videos and, and content like that. Right. One thing that we took away that I didn't realize, and, and sometimes it goes the other way. It's like, you you think you're being proactive, but mm -hmm. you're actually not being proactive because you didn't listen. And, and it was like, or, or maybe you didn't ask the pro, right question, mm -hmm. right. To maybe a manager or whatever. And, and we took away videos for these managers because we thought, oh, these guys aren't even watching these things. Right? Mm -hmm. We just took them away. We looked at the stats and, and the way they were utilizing was different, right? They were getting these videos. They were, they were maybe going into conveyor or wherever, mm -hmm. grabbing the link and then mm -hmm. sending it to all the reps because it was easy for them. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know that behavior, right? And so through, through failure, essentially... Uh, we understood, okay, crap, like we need a way to be able to share videos or make it easier or maybe maybe eliminate some of these people who we think that don't watch it and then mm -hmm. add the managers to it so that they can have flexibility there. So that's one thing that was like, I felt like kind of oh, crap, you know, like I should have <laughs> yeah. been more proactive about it because, yeah. you know, we got blew up, uh, you know, hey, where do these videos go? And, and this new rep wants his videos. I've been watching it so and so times. And it's like, oh man, like we should have been a little bit more proactive about that. But that, cool. does that answer your question? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. Yeah. You mentioned, yeah. Um, um, you know, there's listening to your people and listening, listening to your managers, because sometimes there's, there's things you, you don't know, you don't realize they are using or they don't, they, uh, they, they need, but you didn't get it out there or, you know what I'm saying? Um, yep. So if you could give, share one concept, tip, idea to sales directors, CROs, rep trainers, what would that be? What's a, what's a concept that's helped you a lot? Yeah. So it, so here at Legacy, like it's been really helpful to be able to see. So I started right when the company started, right? Mm -hmm. I was oh, able wow. to see it from inception pretty much, right? We were like in a two little room place. I was recruited by this random old guy, like who was just <laughs> like part-time. And they had this vision. And so I've seen, I've seen it from, you know, the very beginning all the way. Now we're at 32 States. Like we're, we're huge, you know, yeah, yeah. we're huge. And so it's like the, the number one piece of advice that I'll give you um, or really anybody would, it would be um, listen to the rep. <laughs> like they'll tell you what they need. And sometimes the representative 
will be the one who, you know, tells you the best idea. Like I remember back in 2000, I think it was 2016, we were thinking through some canvas and we're like, let's open it up. You know, canvas is our application here. Mm -hmm. Legacy that allows us to knock and and prospect, but we're like getting feedback and we're like, let's start implementing a lot of these things. And the moment canvas started doing that, when they first started, it was a game changer, right? It was a game changer because they were listening to what the managers, what the reps were saying and what they wanted. Right. And that, and, and the very beginning, that's okay. That's like what you're supposed to do and that's okay. Right. And then once you mature, right, 2017, 2019, we started maturing a little bit more. We started getting more resources. We blew up. And so it's like, okay, now what resources can we facilitate to these individuals to help accelerate this, right? And now we're at a stage where it's like, whoa, we're huge. You know, like we should definitely be investing a little more time and resources, some some, um, value differentiators to -hmm. these experiences, to help facilitate even more scale, right? So listen to the rep at the stage in the company that you're in, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. everybody's, everybody's stage is different. Take that input. And then as you start learning and writing these things down, you're going to start being able to predict what the future is going to hold. And in an industry like in solar, like things change every day, right? But typically the sales experience doesn't. Right. So that's the one thing. Yeah. Like the the way you sell like that. I mean, that's almost universal. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, sure. Like the content, the process is universal, but yeah, but like the, the, the content, what you're saying changes constantly. So try to hold on to what you can control. Right. That's what I've always done. Control what you can control and then adapt as you, as you grow um, and become better at it. And so just, just be patient with your process, be patient with your timeframe in the company Right. And then as you grow and scale, I say, you know, start start thinking more. Oh, how do I become more proactive, proactive, proactive yeah. rather than reactive? I, I hear I hear that it's so early on listening to the rep is a reactive process because you really don't have a lot to go off of. Like, you know, what are you going to bank it off of? You don't have a ton of, you know, if you have 10 reps, it's just like when you're starting a software product or something, you only have 10 customers. The best thing to do is just take that qualitative um, data that you're yep. getting from them and say, okay, we'll implement that. We're, we got on the roadmap. We're going to, we're going to make that happen. And then yep. over so many time, times, yeah, go ahead. So many times, Steven, sorry to interrupt, but it's just so many times we're trying to solve for a problem and we're not asking the problem. Like, it's like, Hey, let's, let's fix onboard. <laughs> right. And it's like, we're, Oh, this is what I think it should look like. This is what I think it should look like. It's like one, you have never gone through that process. Mm-hmm. Like you've gone through like a completely different process. Yeah. So like, Okay, you're creating something you have no idea about, no idea about. Right. And you have like 500 people or 100 people that have already gone through this process. What's keeping you from calling them and saying, hey, can you get hop on a call 30 minutes? Oh, this That's right. Like? You yeah. tell me, you know? Yeah, it's, it's so funny. Um, one a, a little story I love telling about is like back in World War II, the, the, the um, British planes, would, they'd go fly over into Germany and uh, – They'd come back with all these holes all over the plane, right? And they're like, let's patch the holes. So let's patch all the holes, you know, and and figure out the patch pattern, you know, the patch pattern that's optimal. And then one guy goes, what about the planes that don't come back? Where where are they getting shot? Maybe we should patch everywhere where there aren't (laughs) bullet holes, okay? And so it's an example of talking to reps like, 
Maybe you should talk to the reps that didn't stay. Maybe you should, you know, um, talk to the reps you don't talk to because there's so much availability bias in, in how we design things. Whatever is available, either our own experiences, we use that to make choices. So whether that be other, other departments are pushing on us uh, what their experience was with onboarding, like you mentioned, right? Or like, it's not actually the experience that the person that is the person consuming your product had, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Just listen to the rep. And early on, it's very reactive. But then over time, you start to hear signals mm -hmm. that steer a more common proactive response to many disparate signals in, yep. into, you know, more proactive single Okay, we're gonna fix nine of these things with this one solution, you know. Yeah, and that yeah. is my favorite. It's like all about efficiency. Yeah. Right? It's like we're not running around with our heads cut off. It's all about efficiency. Let's gather information, make an educated decision, let's verify that information, right? Mm -hmm. It's an experiment. This is all an experiment, mm -hmm. right? Let's yeah. verify it and then whoa, look at the impact. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is uh what's something you're inspired by right now? I uh I I see you, you told me about this book awareness. Um, mm -hmm. and I'd love to learn more about that. I've never heard of that book. Um, what, what is awareness? Yeah. So I actually read it when I have time. It's actually right here, but, uh, okay. it's, it's, so I got it from a friend and it kind of helped me. I mean, at a personal level, right. Yeah. Um, and it inspires me because it, it, it helped me better understand me, right. Yeah. Going back to like helping understand like my process, but through mm -hmm. the rep, right. It's like, now, what, what, like, what about me? What makes me tick? Mm -hmm. Right. Like who am I? Right. And it's helped me kind of be more introspective like um, in, in a way where I can kind of better understand who I am because sometimes in the hustle and bustle, you know, we get so consumed in work or in whatever the heck we're doing and we kind of forget, you know, like, yeah. why am I doing this? Yeah. You know? Why am <laughs> like, I making the decisions the way I make them? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, is this good for me? Does this make me happy? Right? Mm -hmm. Does this make me happy? And typically, you know, and I've learned a lot from that and inspired me because it's like, typically, you can help anybody or, or, you know, help anybody go through a journey or whatever it may be that you want, as long as it's aligned with their happiness. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like, if they're happy, and you help them be happy, like you're doing the right thing, you're going the right way. So, um, that's what's inspired me. Um, yeah. That book's what else? Really any good. other books that you love? Any, any so, uh, recent books? So with, with the business world, like, mm -hmm. right, there's a personal world and they all, you know, we try to keep those harmonious yep. as we can, but when it comes to like the business side and, um, and the atomics habit, uh, atomic habits book, um, by James clear, like, yeah, that's a really good book because I mean, and it kind of goes with what, you know, conveyor does. It's all yeah. about like these small little nudges, mm -hmm. these small little things that we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in sales, it's all about that first door or it's all about being able to wake up in the morning or whatever the heck it, it is that these guys are going out there and doing. It's like, whoa, let's break this down. Right. We, we, we think it's this huge problem. Yeah. yeah. Then let's break it down into this little thing and then say, what happens if we optimize for this? What happens? It's the layering, right? It's the sequencing mm -hmm. and the layering. Um, the, I think in the book, it's like they talk about how, you know, you want to learn, you want to get to be, you know, really consistent with exercise. Wake up and put your gym shorts on. You know, um, yeah, you just like little yeah. things like that. And um, 
it's almost like the developing the habits more important than the than the outcome, right? And so we're we're designing yep. and sequencing towards the development of an outcome. We can't ever we can't control whether or not they develop the habit. We can help control whether or not they're they're uh, cued or the the habit the practice developing the habits becomes top of mind, right? That's the, yeah. They, that's the most you're important. essentially given the an opportunity, yeah. right? That that's everything. Like anytime somebody's given an opportunity, like if somebody came and knocked on the door today and I had an exercise in the day and they said, Hey, do you want to go work out? And I could, it gives me an opportunity to say yes or no. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, if I say no, okay, well maybe in a couple hours, right? Mm-hmm. What happens if that happens? Chances are I probably get a yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's all about the optimization and anyways. Well, I got to, um, Jason has a few questions for you. Jason, sure. you want to go? Yeah, the first one is what kind of cookies? You said you take cookies to people's out. What kind of cookies did you take? Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. good question. I like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I was out there in uh, Bakersfield, and I, I, I was a district manager in Bakersfield and Fresno, um, I would sell. And one of the best practices I had to be able to get the customer to installation was bringing them cookies. It was chocolate chip cookies. So (laughs) my wife and I, you know, I'd go close the count or two or three or whatever. Um, and then I'd be like, Hey babe, I text my, I text her like, I I close so-and-so this is her name, whatever. And she would write a little note and then I would go pick them up and then drive them the next day essentially and say, Hey, thanks for going solar with me. Oh, that's so cool. Here's some cookies. Like who, who's going to say no to somebody giving cookies? Yeah, cookies, right. homemade cookies from <laughs> for my sure. wife. Like you got to say like, Hey, my wife made these cookies. Like how, how uh, awesome is that in terms of just making a connection with somebody and exactly. not feeling like the, the context changes. Right. Yeah. yeah that's definitely. great. Okay. So, uh, and that, a lot of good takeaway right there. So um, I think that people can learn from that. Absolutely. But I, more on a, a note of development and training and, and whatnot. Um, I typed them out. So um for the person who's listening to this, who's in a uh, director role, but maybe they weren't a rep or maybe they were a rep for a different company. They do something slightly different, uh, or maybe it's been years since they've been in the field. Um, what kind of questions, cause you, you talked about focusing on the reps need, what kind of mm-hmm. questions can somebody in that director role ask to find out what the director, or I'm sorry, what the rep needs, like at this moment, uh, like how, how do you way of doing out? it? I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, um, I mean, it goes back to like what I would ask even a customer, right? If there's an objection or there's a, uh, an insecurity before even moving, right? Because what I love about sales is the objective of getting somebody from one point to another, and that's the sale, right? And so, <clears throat> but how you do that, you can be tactful about it. You can be based, question-based about it. You can be empathetic about it. You can be very... Uh, uh, what is it? Process-based about it, like A plus B plus C equals sale, right? So there's different ways. I say find your strength, right? For anybody out there, find your strength of how do you help somebody get to A from A to B, right? If if it's being empathetic or loving or or one of those attributes that is within their strength, like for me, it's questions. Like I love to ask questions, and and that's how I get somebody to do something. Typically, it's like. Um, I ask them, you know, what's, mo- what's motivating them to do X, Y, Z. And, and, and I just listen, right. And I get them to 
to, to a point where they can make a decision. So the advice is know yourself, right? Going back to self-awareness, like know what kind of person you are and how you help people get to one place to another and then be deliberate about it, right? Go out there and, and do the thing that you, you think is best for, you know, the rep or for, you know, the, the organization. Go ask questions or, you know, go listen, right? And that's how you're going to get somewhere. Um, a lot of people think there, there's this, like this overarching like, oh my gosh, this is so much responsibility. But it's like, no, just go be curious, go listen, intake as much information as possible, and then use your strengths to get somewhere. Yeah, That's can cool. I button up? So you said something that that has stuck out, the theme, and that is, you know, go out and do something, do the human thing of getting qualitative results. Go out and there and talk to individual people. Start building up an instinct around what they need, and then verify, verify mm-hmm. with data, verify yeah, with constant, a macro question. Right? That's like that's I have like- a hunch based off of five conversations that this is the problem. Now I'm going to go verify. Right. Um, so I took anecdotal information and, uh, and then I can go, you know, figure out if that's actually like actually the right direction. And then I can show people that this is the right direction based off of yeah. a hunch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the hunch is important, Yeah, but the hunch is so important when you have numbers behind it. And so mm-hmm. you can't really make a good decision if you don't have both. Right. Yeah. Like there has to be some emotion. There has to be some data. Right. And typically that'll give you an arrow to know where to go next. But there are right. people that are super data driven and they only do it data driven. And yeah. Like, and that, that could be a detriment. That but could be it's a detriment, detriment, right? Because it's like setting up a survey question before you've actually had the, the are you asking the right questions? Exactly. That's, right. So you could, you could optimize to get a, what we call local maximum, where you go out and survey 500 reps on a mm-hmm. topic that they're like, okay, fine. I'll answer this question, but it's really <laughs> yeah. not, doesn't really matter to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, versus going out and having 10 conversations first and then turning that into, let me verify this. This is good. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. What else, Jason? Jason, does that answer your question? Yeah, very much so. And, and so it's it's great because the two follow-up questions, you actually touched on them. Um, and I, I think you answered both the questions. I'm going to ask them anyway, just for you to elaborate or go expand at all. But the, the follow-up question, which again, you answered was, um, what can a rep a sales rep who might stumble upon this. Cause this is, I know the podcast is kind of directed toward hopefully, you know, directors of sales and, uh, uh, and whatnot, but for the rep who stumbles upon it, what can they do now to develop skills um, for them to be able to get to a place where they're able to step into a role like yours? What, what can mm-hmm. they do to learn? I think you answered yeah. that with the awareness one. And then following up with that is what is something, um, what is someone in your role uh, looking for in a rep to be able to promote them. Uh, so it's kind of like, what are you yeah. looking for? Because they might, they might work on something that you're not actually looking for. So yeah. Meshing this so as, as a rep, you have to be very curious and you have to be patient, right? Because the more patient, the more, more curious you are, the, the more likely you are to essentially grow. Right. Um, and so that's from the reps perspective. So if there's a rep out there that stumbled on this, like just be patient with your processes, be patient with your company because they're learning. Right. But also you make a big impact. If you communicate what you think are the solutions, not the problems, Mm. but the rather the solutions to those problems, that's, what's going to blow you up. Like, well, I see this problem, this problem, this problem. I know Johnny who also has a problem that I work closely with. I think I have a solution for this. 
whoa, <laughs> you know, like we, you just became the guy telling us what to do. Right. That's very, very, very um, powerful. Um, and then I think that also answers the other, the other side of it. It's like, Oh, what are we looking for? Somebody who's constantly coming up with solutions, right? Because we're in the sales organization, the sales world, like we said, things change all the time, right? People who are constantly listening, people who are patient, who people who are creating solutions. Those are the people who are going to lead companies. Those are the leaders of the organizations that, you know, you see today. They, they came up with a question. Every CEO that you know saw a problem and solved it, right? So yeah. what else? What else? Yeah, yeah when, when reps... When reps uh reps or mid-level management complain, I think they think that that leadership has the solution and they just haven't implemented. It's actually not the case sometimes. Yeah. Uh, almost, know, almost never. Almost never. It's, yeah. it's uh, okay, middle management, help us solve the problem um, because it's actually not solved for. It's not like we're trying to be Machiavellian and holding back some amazing solution yeah. that we don't want to give people, you. People forget that we're all like, kind of pretending to be out here in this yeah, world yeah, exactly kind yeah. of like you know coexisting and it's like yeah. actually like we can you know you're like me you know yeah yeah exactly and so it, it, it's how it's a growth mindset you know where they're like okay i can help the company be you know have a, a uh be, be have a better dna um i can that's be right. part of that yeah. yep um it's the that approach you culture, take right? right if you that, start with this sucks for me and it's about me uh-huh. and everything then you immediately, okay, it's, it's hard to receive, but if it's like, Hey, I could help all managers with, we, here's the solution. It could help the company. And I, you know, I, as a byproduct, it helps me, you know, in my business, but yeah, um, those are the ones that are received um, by upper level. Right. Um, That's right. And you see it, like we actually see inputs coming from uh, companies and they say, Hey, we talked to some of our reps and they had this really great idea about this. And they explained why it's important to them. And we want to implement that. Uh, versus, oh, we had, you know, four or five reps complaining about this. And yeah, you know, it's just totally that, different. And also it's so draining, right? Like yeah. that's the draining side of all of this. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, if you, if you change that culture, if you change that attitude into a sol- solving culture, mm-hmm. problem solving culture, which I feel like legacy is done. Like that's why they are where they are. Um, it changes the dynamic of an organization drastically. It just yeah. does. Yeah. It's not a us versus them kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. great. Man, George, um, we got to do this again. You're awesome, man. I, I, I'm Thanks. so glad to have you on. Um, it's really great to have, uh, you're like the, the, the prototype. <laughs> you're like the <laughs> universal soldier of like the, of the, um, of the, the clients we want to have, um, just the way <laughs> you think so. about it. Uh, think about your your role and and the companies that you work with. Um, but thanks for coming on. Uh, look forward to the next time we get to chat, man. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for checking out the Reps Journey episode six today. If you want to find a job in sales as a sales rep, in the description is a link to Legacy Powers uh, job listing. So if you're looking for a sales rep position, check it out. They also have a couple of other jobs and they're in Virginia, Texas, Utah, California. They're all over the United States. So check that out. It'd be a great resource for you. And then if you uh, are looking for a solution that uh, meets what a lot of the things that George talked about today, onboarding and speeding up that process, check out Conveyor. That's uh, who who I'm with. Uh, I'm Jason. I'm the director of 
customer success over there. And Steven is the CEO and we have great solutions for you. So check us out at conveyor.com and you can book a demo. That link will also be in the description of this video. And uh, that's it. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time.